0: Welcome to The Backwards, in fact, at Twitter and Gmail under that same name. I have just one question for you. How soon is now? Well, we
1: do have a special guest tonight. His name is Jason Rosander. Um, He is a veteran, a former federal law enforcement officer, personal trainer, and mountain athlete. Um, After his mother was murdered while he served in Afghanistan in an an injury that caused him to question many things about life, Jason became a student of the mind and why we are so tormented by it. So, Welcome, Jason.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here.
1: So I guess we can start like what what brought you to the point of writing this book?
2: Well, <clears throat> there was a lot that led up to it. It's a long story, but obviously the um I think when I was younger, like most people say that are sort of on this path, if we want to call it that, I felt that there was something that was off we could say with how we are living, what we're doing. I felt like there was something missing. I thought I could find that in my work, in my jobs, in my professions. Obviously, I didn't. And as time went on, um, it started to become clear to me that something was off, you know, and I think how most of us live our lives, you know, most people, we feel like there's something off. And some people use one way to deal with it. Some use another. And I just started searching for answers. And it ended up being, you know, years, you know, going through this, which led to the book. And then it didn't end with the book. You know, after the book, it's like there's levels to this stuff, you know. So after the book, it cracked open more stuff, which led to more stuff. And ultimately ultimately, led me to here. But, you know, I wasn't happy. I thought there was another way, the modern ways, the normal ways, as you guys know, doesn't work very well. And I had done all that stuff, uh, therapy, this and that and whatever. And I think the job sort of brought all this stuff out, you know, it was stressful jobs and um, it just led to where I'm at now. But I think um I've mentioned this in the book, you know, I think there's a gray area to a lot of this stuff. And I think, You know, spirituality and those types of things are kind of in the middle of how we live. So that's what led me to uh, the book.
0: I got through uh, the whole book, Jason, and uh, well done. It's definitely um, lots of cool insights there. I was following everything. I'm in agreement with pretty much all of it. Um, Was it grief initially that really started you? Tumbling like towards more of a spiritual awakening.
2: That was probably um, you know, when that stuff happened, that was definitely a we'll call it gasoline on the fire. But I had always, you know, the thing with me is I had always pushed against everything. You know, it's like life and jobs. There's I just would push against it because I didn't feel like that was correct, you know, like how a lot of us live stuck in these patterns. I always thought something was off, but I didn't know what was off. That's the thing. I, I didn't understand it. So I went down the philosophy path, the psychological path, all these more linear, you know, routes to try and figure out what's going on. And then when this stuff happened with my mom and being overseas, when it happened, um, you know, I wrote about this on my sub stack that actually went out like 20 minutes before we did this. And I said, you know, When that happened, I remember looking at the ceiling and going, well, there's two ways this is going to go. One way is the obvious way, right? You know, maybe alcohol, drugs, depression, grief, all these things. Or the other way, which is, I didn't know it at the time, but which is more of this path. And, you know, and I I harp on spirituality. I think the modern route is pretty, I think it's off. I think things are, you know, it, it becomes more of like a pain pill but you know it led me to there to see it to check it out and did grief you know start it probably not but it definitely fueled it you know at the time
0: uh, you mentioned um man's search for meaning a few times in the book and um my wife's um uh, brother died um at a young age i think he was 23 so we dealt with some grief in the family. This is years ago now. But that book was actually gifted to us. So when I was seeing you reference that book, it was interesting because I was able to go through that book. And I I was kind of once removed from the grief. You're kind of there for your wife, who's obviously, like, getting hit the hardest yeah. with it. So you take yep. that book in. But that book was very special to me at that time. And uh, I don't know if, you, if the timing was that way with you, but it seems like a good book to – hand to somebody who's dealing with some grief for sure
2: yeah you know he his uh what is it logo therapy he calls it that he created and he's not talking so much like you know spiritual i like how he presented it because what that book showed me and i and i read that book after that was years after um that stuff happened to me but it was around the time that i was waking up like oh my gosh there's some stuff going on here that we're not talking about you know like in the more normal past but the way he presented in that book was essentially and i didn't even take it so much about the meaning part but more of as everyone probably says in the reviews this guy was in about the most horrific experience you can be in but he very much was on the path whether he knew it or not because he was able to say well something's not accurate here, you know, even in all that death and destruction and all this. And he, he could see that. And he took, in my opinion, he took the nonlinear, so to speak, and kind of put it, you know, more to the scientific linear, but the book was, you know, it's a small book as you know, but that's what I took from it was this guy's hitting on some huge things here, even if he's not specifically laying out each one, you know, because he, he essentially let go. I mean, he accepted and let go, which is really the point of all of this, in the worst possible condition. So I read his other book, too, and I can't remember where he goes through kind of the, we could say, like the policies of that therapy. But th- you're right. That book is a game changer if you can see, you know, between the lines, really.
0: Yeah, I was still sleeping at the time or uh, I hadn't had a an awakening to my own ego at that point. And I can remember his line and how it hit me conceptually where he was talking about trying to figure out ways to be worthy of his kids who had passed on through this life circumstance that he was living. And that conceptually to me, I was able to grab onto as if like, wow, there's really wisdom coming from, from this source and I, I didn't really know what to do with it at the time but i just remember being kind of blown away by it like um somebody able to reference such tragedy in such a way and uh ended up figuring out to mechanically turn it positive in his own mind and um yeah it was it was powerful
2: yeah and and that's that's a thing that's interesting about those books and like philosophy type books which I was heavy in philosophy before anything spiritual, you know, very linear. How's the brain work? How's the mind work? All this. But that's what's interesting about those books is they actually are taking I keep using those terms. That's a term that Dr. Hawkins used um, linear, nonlinear, but they take these more linear, structured, conceptual or the nonlinear things that are hard to explain and they and they make it. You know, in a conceptual way, like you said. So at the time when you were dealing with that stuff, that was perfect because of what he's talking about with his kids and that. And, you know, my experience and everyone talks about this, but, you know, the first time that it hit me, we could say like level one of like, oh, no, like, you know, something is something's off here. Is I was reading, I said this in the last podcast I did is I was reading actually like a science book where the guy was sort of weaving in spirituality, but he didn't want to admit it because, you know, he's kind of going in and out. And I'm reading this book. I I used to live in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia. I was on acreage. I I was on top of a mountain. Literally, I had a 200 mile view of all the mountains. It was beautiful. And I was sitting in a chair. And I remember my dog had ripped a hole. We bought this brand new brown leather chair. My dog ripped a hole in it in three days. You know, it was perfect. And I'm sitting in this chair and like a hole. My grandpa's dying, just part of life story. You know, he was dying at the time. I was injured from the job, the, the last one I was in. And I'm reading this book. And this whole book is talking about how basically we don't know anything. They're talking about all these experiments and how they can't explain any of it. And he's just leaving it hanging there, you know, you be the judge. And that's when it hit me. I just remember dropping the book and going, we don't know a damn thing about really anything, at least from the linear conceptual viewpoint. And that's what initially really took me from, you know, the linear to more of the nonlinear. And from that point on, that's when everything got, that's when it went off the deep end there was, you know, these people that are taking these concepts and putting them in a way that connects, like you said, and that's what did it for me. It wasn't some magical, you know, necessarily euphoric thing. It was just a slap in the face of, up, oh, you know, what's going on in here is not correct. <laughs> and it's what ruins most of us. I mean, that's the reality. So,
1: yeah, I think I can relate to, or you're saying about not knowing something wasn't right, but you couldn't put your finger on it. And at a young age, I mean, when I was maybe early twenties, I was introduced to someone that I guess you, you could give them the label as a spiritual teacher. But when I heard him talk for the first time, I'm like, wow, this sounds different. And I, I do have a Christian background as far as when we grew up. So um, I knew that I guess what was being taught, you know, it wasn't giving like any type of real change in my life. You weren't able to control yeah. certain habits, so like you, I I understood that something was missing, so I you know, at first, you kind of go away from what you think you're going away from God and then, you know, one day I heard this guy start talking, and I'm like, wow, he has something that I've never heard before. And then, you know, he yeah. kind of taught me how to be quiet. So then, you know, I learned how to quiet the mind. And, and I actually, you know, took a, you know, two or three weeks of, of just silence with myself and really learning how to quiet the mind. And I like, remember, for like two weeks, just really like sitting in like anxiety and pain, but understanding like, I had to put that all on me and it was like excruciating. I talk about it with Kane. Kane has a little bit of a, a different story about how he came to his senses. But for me, it was like, and we talk about, he's kind of moving backwards and I'm moving forward as well. That's the easiest way to explain it as far as um, how we can relate to each other. But I literally had to push through that pain. And when I pushed through that pain, you know, on the other side, I was like, Oh my God. So the thoughts don't have to control you. They don't have to control your ever move. And there, yeah. in, in your book, you actually talk about, there's like that separation with your awareness that gives you, you know, this couple seconds in life that you don't have to uh, react. And we, we talk about all the way down to like road rage. Yeah. You know, when I see people in a car, <laughs> get angry, oh, yeah. you just have to look at them like, you don't have very much awareness, do you? Because I mean, if you're if you're getting angry in a car, then, you know,
2: yeah, and it's like the human thing too, where it's okay, you know. I I was uh, I I was checking out some mountains today to snee to see uh, how deep the snow was, and now I can't even remember something happened where boom, slam on the brakes, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, like you know, we're human, like those things are gonna happen. But like you said, it's that space and it's that, you know, automatic, I call it almost like an automatic adjudication process where it's like, boop, okay, cool. Like, yep, cursed. You know, the guy almost hit me, whatever. And then with like, I can't even remember what the incident was, you know, within seconds, you're back to where you need to be. But, but, you know, you made a good point about the pain because I, mine's been a lot of pain too. And it hasn't been. You know, just because of this incident, I could name a 100 different reasons why through what I've done and been through and all this. But it, you know, what I talk about a lot online is I can't say what it is or isn't. The second I put waking up or enlightenment or all these things in a box, I'm no different than a religion. I'm just boxing it off conceptual it's no, there's, I read this uh, author and he said, you know, there's no adjudication board for waking up. It's a subjective experience. It's a break in programming. That's all it is. But what you see a lot online is someone has an experience like we've all had our own, right? It feels good. It doesn't, it's this or that. And some of them get the, the better one, you know, more of the bliss. And I have some stories about that, you know, it comes with it, but they think that that is sort of the you know so to speak up i felt the love i felt the bliss the blank slate maybe i did some psychedelics and that's what it is but in reality i would say it's an unraveling like you said it's a deconstruction it's this program that we've been living in for 30 plus years and ripping it apart so it's not the most blissful experience all the time It, it is it's difficult and it's difficult as a human being to break through that. So I think that's a good point because every all the popular stuff is, hey, just, you know, ask who you are, like Ramana Maharshi, wake up to it and, you know, your love, your light, your love, you know, it, it's all good. It's like, well, when you wake up, now you got to do the shadow work. Now you've got to look and say, OK, well, what fueled this? What happened here? And you were mentioning um like being Christian and growing up like that. I went to church when I was younger. It wasn't pushed on me. I, I had some pastors in the family, but open minded, like it wasn't forced. But one of the first experiences I had when I was young and I didn't know a damn thing. I was real young is I went to like a youth group and this guy who taught it was a recovering alcoholic. He had a good energy, but you could tell that this man was tortured, right? And I could feel it, but I didn't know what I was feeling. So I remember going to this. First time going to the parking lot, sitting in the car waiting for my mom, and just staring out the windshield and having what some would call like I I hate to use the word, but almost like a break in programming, like a some of that bliss, some of that stuff. And I just remember sitting there and going, What is this? You know, but something happened at that time, and obviously it goes away and you come back to life, but it's these lead-ups. To this combined with what you said, like with the pain. And I, I don't know, you know, either of yours exact stories of how it got to that. But I just think that's a really good point that this is not always the most beautiful, blissful, mystical thing, you know, it could be a hard road. That's kind of the point, I would say.
1: Most definitely. Uh, I, you know, I'm 43 now. So I mean, uh, I've, it's it's been, you know, constant practice of me to you know, I I I had to earn that awareness. Um, you know, it was something that I had to you know train my mind to do through meditation and everything. And we describe Cain because, and we say he's working backwards because he had more of a moment where, you know, let him tell it. But every, all the cars kind of fell down about six months ago and, and we started this podcast because we're brothers and just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, but now he could see like the work now with the awareness. The So I had to find the awareness and, th- but him awareness hit him like, bam. So he's like, wow, I've never seen this before. And now, now it's been putting in the work the last six months. So as I've pushed forward, he had his experience and now he's working we're both in the same spot going in the same direction, but it's just kind of cool to see like his story is totally different than mine, mine totally different than his. So it's pretty cool the way it happened though.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jason, you said, um, there was that science book and that's when you had that moment, a moment of clarity. How did you get your head out of the way of that moment?
2: Well, you know, it's funny because we are I haven't really thought about this a lot since that time. That, that was a little while ago. Not not too long ago, but it's all kind of hitting me how wild that time was, you know, especially living on that mountain. I mean, I moved to that mountain, so I was working for the government. I was living right. I was working in D.C., living right outside of D.C., traveling a lot. And I said, you know, this was the start of it. But I was like, OK, I'm moving out to the country. So I'm in the middle of nowhere at that time, no experience with land, property. There's snow, you know, none of it. So it was a, it was all coming together. And I think that's what led to it. But as far as to your question, you know, I remember that happening and just being sort of blah for two days, you know, just like what, you know, what is this? But, um, I don't really for me, when that happened, it was more, like we were speaking about where I didn't have probably what it sounds like you have. I did have to work up and through. So when that happened, it was like a wound was cut back open. And now it's like, Hey, here it is. Like you can band-aid it, you can cover it up, but like, here it is.
0: And I really,
2: I wrote this in my newsletter earlier today. Like it was just walking straight through, you know? And I was at that time still trying to, I always say that the hardest part that I had on this journey, whatever you want to call it, was finding the line between the linear and the nonlinear, the choice and the non-choice, the sort of zero point and the well, I'm a, bo- I'm in this world. We could say we don't have a body and all this crap, but you're in the world. So I had a very hard time doing that because the path that I took was really one of negation. I was just slicing away everything and when it really culminated it was in this uh you know there was a book i was reading and the guy made a comment he he was more of the anti-guru types that that's who i study i I, the popular stuff doesn't do it for me anymore but he basically had one sentence like there is a such thing as truth and it kind of was like holy crap like I'm looking for all these concepts and I'm pushing through the mud and, and trying to, you know, digest this experience. But the experience is just a blank slate, you know. So um, really, to answer your question, I just kept moving, you know, kept reading, kept studying. One thing that's helped me a lot that I it was writing, you know, after that, after that happened, now that I'm thinking about it, I bought a notebook. And I went to the library near my house and they had like a private room. You could just like walk in, shut the door. And I filled this entire notebook probably in a few weeks. And it was like spider charts of just like this happened. I was really just taking all of it and just putting it down, looking at it from all angles. So this is very linear, right? Very conceptual. And I still hadn't broke that yet. But I knew that there was something driving it. And even up to this point, you know, that's what it's always been is just one foot in front of the other. But I do believe and people hate this when I've said this, but because it doesn't sound very spiritual, but I do believe that there's an end point. I believe that there is a goal, if you want to call it that doesn't mean that you stop reading, stop studying, helping people, but. I would argue, at least just through my experience, that you're not supposed to just be practicing for 70 years. It needs to hit a point. And you can meditate, you can do all this, but I would think that it would hit a point where you are free to where you are, your experience, you are free. And like I said in the book, you get these little, these little spaces. There is a time right after the chair incident happened when I was in the chair. I was fasting. I was like 18 hours in. I was sitting at my computer just like this, the view out the door. And I remember just looking out at like the tree moving in the wind and just watching the tree and then coming out of it and being like, I've been sitting here for 10 minutes. There isn't a bunch going on up here. I'm just observing the tree. Boom. The space had now gone from 10 seconds to 10 minutes. And then it just goes like this. And. Um, I'm, I'm long winded on what you asked, but that's, that's, that's kind of what was going on at the time.
0: Long, long winded is allowed. It's all right. <laughs> Whatever well, yeah. we like it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause, um, I'm always that question. I'm really curious with people cause, um, for me, everything happened pretty much in between two breaths. Mm-hmm. So I had. I had gotten um, fairly angry, which was a a sensation that I had become very good at not letting build. So I, I'm 45, 45 years old. The creation of character, the, the managing of my own emotions, the manhandling of all of my process on the inside. Like I was really good at that. And I had a lot of pride in that structure. And it just, it was like a 48-hour period where something happened, I'm not sure, um, you know, a couple of catalysts, and I was just angry. And it was beyond, like, normally I was able to manage it, but for whatever reason, like 48 hours was a long time for me. I think people spend more time angry than that. But for me, like I was really kind of flailing trying to get out of it because you know, I'm a father of two. I have, you know, a a responsibility to my family. When you can see like 99% of your day, should not make you angry? And then you're getting stuck on that 1%. Of, I mean, it just doesn't add up. So you're flailing trying to put things back in balance. And actually, I had groceries in the car in my truck and Luke had called me when I was at the cashier. I think I called him back on the way home and I was just explaining my anger. And he just simply said, Cain, it's entity. And I don't know how or what happened, but it was the sensation was just all my thoughts stopped. It just it I just quit thinking. I tried to go back to thinking. I couldn't find it. I tried to come up with concepts, and I was literally, like, put into, like, a mumbling state. And all I was saying to Luke on the phone was, I love you, and I'm grateful, which is way out of character for me. (laughs) You know, super emotional. And, I mean, he he, I was, was just a mumbling nothing. And I stayed that way for two weeks where... I couldn't find my way back to thought. It was, you know That's how, wow. you know how we normally, we try to like quiet our minds in meditation. Yeah, with force.
2: Yeah. And it's yeah. a
0: struggle. This, it would, it, I the polarity just got reversed. And I, yep. I was completely content just sitting in my backyard. And I couldn't even figure out like how to move or why to move. But it was also important because I have so much responsibilities. So I was fighting to try to get back to thought. But while all this is happening, it's also like this very magical, I can't explain moment that's going on that gave me the clarity of my own awareness, basically. Mm -hmm. And then the dust settles from that time and you kind of start putting your life back together and it's kind of now, and I mean it started a long time ago. Now, but from what you and Luke are saying, you're wake up to the idea. And this is not a, an admission that I'm some kind of horrible person, but I'm a really shitty manager of my own life. Like, how did that happen? You know, all your pride in this construct, and 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 you're going in circles. You know, in yep. each moment, all these systems of circles. And so now there's this deconstructive where, you know, one thing out of a time, like, why am I buying liquor every Friday night? Like, what are you doing? Like, how many do you need to learn this lesson? And yeah. so, you know, one thing after the other. And um, I and mean, it, it entrenched every single part of my life from second to second.
2: It sounds like the dam broke, you know, it was like it just for some reason in this lifetime, it was like, hey you know, it broke. And I I ponder that myself, like, why now? You know, like I have people in my family doing, you know, like you said, with the drinking, actually, a lot of my family was or is alcoholics. And like you said, you start to see these layers on top of layers, and you're just like, what? You know, I would do things like that, where I would say, okay, you know, after I came home from overseas, mom was killed, I was drinking like a fish. But there was always this little voice and this was way before waking up this little voice that was like yeah but for what you know like you kind of and you probably notice when you look back i know you had a very quick you know it happened quick but you probably had times in your past where you were questioning things where you were like what you know like there was a moment i had um i was working with my dad he did masonry he had a masonry business and I was up on a scaffold throwing blocks or something. And it wasn't like a egoic, like disrespectful thing. But I remember sitting there and going, what's the point of this? Like, you know, we all feed our families. No, 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 no. What's the point? It's deeper than that because my dad wasn't happy doing that. And I could tell. So, so what is this? So, you know, we question things. And I think sometimes the dam breaks and, you know, for me, you're describing the, um, you know, with the thought, you know, it's hard to get back to it. You're sitting there almost like in a daze and my experiences have been a little different, but, and I, I don't even like to admit this because it goes towards the popular, like the Ramana Maharshi stuff. But one of my big breakthroughs was actually his self-inquiry where you stop and you go, okay, what is thinking? And I remember I was stretching and um, this was on the East coast, I was stretching or the book was laying on the ground, doing something. And I just opened it up and, and read those lines. What is thinking or whatever. And it was like, it just blew my head off. Cause it's like, you, there's only so far, you see this sometimes on psychedelics where there's only so far you can go back. And when you hit that wall, there's your answer because there's nowhere else to go. You know, I call it the blank slate. And when you hit that, when you see that and you're not wrestling with it or, you know, I want to be enlightened, I want to be happy and you just boom, I think that's what you experienced. You know, it's a blank slate. It's okay. So before I add all this gibberish to life, life is just life. That's it. It's just whatever. And all we have is this podcast right now is us talking. There's nothing else. Robert Saltzman, who's another good teacher that people don't like. He's, he always says it. He says, this is it. This is it. He's like, I don't know what happens when we die. I don't know about mystical this and that. He's like, this is it. And that was his experience waking up was, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like right, right here, right now. And I really think that's, you know, like another version of what you experience. You know?
1: It's definitely the practice to keep you there. I mean, as far as work, uh, Kane and I talk all the time about, you know, what can you practice as far as the breath, feeling the breath in the back of the nose, you know, minute by second by second to keep you, you know, the mechanics of keeping you there? Because I mean, you know, there's times where you know your mind can wander off, and what are what is the skill set that's going to keep you in the moment all day, whether it's driving a truck or in a meeting with someone or you're trying to, you know, sell them something or whatever it may be, what's the mechanics to obviously on a podcast, we're talking about this subject. So it's relatively easy to stay present, but it's, it's the times of the day that it's hard to stay present. That's the kind of things that we talk about the mechanics of, is there anything that you do in your day and your routine that I know you're outdoors, you don't have to do much if you're in the mountains because pretty much steals the deal. But I mean, in your routine, is there anything you do to help you keep, keep yourself grounded?
2: Well, you know, nature nature to me now is just part of me. I don't really look at it as like this. I, I've had more. I used to log them. It's funny. I have a, an entire folder on my computer of having experiences, the bings, you know, getting hit with the downloads. On, and I just stopped doing it because I would be sitting on the side of the mountain. And uh, this happened on one of the ones around here. And I'm like sitting there. I'm seeing ants at my feet. I'm seeing the trees blow. And you know, I can remember just being like, "Here's the answer that everyone's looking for. all this shit is alive, all of it. And I'm right in the middle of it. And that's life, you know, So I have had those experiences out there. But for me, what ultimately, you know, you gotta watch your words here. but ultimately, what will will say, put me over the threshold in my experience was not trying to control anything i don't try to stay present i don't try to be in the moment i don't try to watch my breath i'm just here and that's Does it. your mind ever wonder what i thought fi- oh yeah i i'm totally human i'm not claiming to be you know this guy i heard a guru say once and i i don't agree with this stuff and he said you know when i sit here there are zero thoughts it's like there is not zero thoughts you do have a body you do have a brain the mind may be the software but for me i've essentially like i said this negative way i've taken where i i've just removed the fuel so if i'm sitting here now and i go man i'm hungry okay hungry It just come in come out you know for me it's been more of a i'm not trying to be anything it's do I come back to center? You know, if the guy cuts me off and I go, oh, shit, I almost got hit by a car within two seconds, the needles just back to where it is because, you know, there's a big difference between fear and caution. You have to be caution if you don't want to get or cautious. If you don't want to be hit by a train, the mind and the brain is, is going to say some stuff, but you don't need to live in fear. So for me, it's been more of, I said this once in one of my posts. I said, you know, I looked at the path as a Jenga. What do they call them? Statue or something, that game. Mm -hmm. And instead of going through each thing, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay present. I've got trauma from this. I've got, and all these things. I wanted to go right to the bottom and just pull the thing out. And the whole thing goes over. And I, and I've done things, you know, I had ceremonies with uh it wasn't psychedelics just um with a medicine man on my property in virginia it was you know unreal like just boom like crying no clue where it came from whatever um some psychedelic experiences things like that i did it in a i wrote about it i did it in a clinical setting at one point um but really this was after the waking up, this was after all that. This was, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna nuke it all and hone it in, but it wouldn't have done a damn thing if I didn't do the work. And what I learned from all these things is, like I said, is if you're constantly looking to, and I watch my breathing and things like that, but if you're constantly looking to kind of steer the ship and, you know, how do I stay more here? You're kind of creating another box. So I've left it as like, you know, we're all human. And a lot of these gurus, the especially the popular Indian ones, there's all these whispers in the community of the weird stuff that they do. And maybe there's people that they took advantage of. I read this. It was years ago. I read this book and the guy's going down the line. And it's like, you know, we try so hard to be spiritual, to be enlightened, to be aware. And it's like, well, how about you just stop? How about you say, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, my kid's annoying me. Yeah, the it's cold outside. But you're doing it really from a position of this is human, this is normal, and I'm not playing the game. I'm sort of – I heard a guy say the other day, he's very much awake, he's like, I don't try to remove thoughts. I don't try to watch breath do this and all that. He's like, I just let it – like, I know it's there. That's essentially the difference is I just – it doesn't really have any fuel and, you know, and I get annoyed. I have problems like anyone does, but it's also that angle of knowing. I had another, my first real teacher who was actually a psychologist, but he ended up being very spiritual who really pushed me on this. He said, there's a big difference between what's real and what's true. So what's real is. This life stuff, right? Being in the game, playing it, you have to, you've got kids, you've got bills, you need a shelter over your head. But what's true? And what's true is the blank slate. It's just that right there. If you took 20 milligrams of a benzodiazepine right now, you'd be sitting on the couch staring at the wall going, huh? And you'd feel better. Things would quiet down, but nothing changed in your life. So it's just showing like that real and true angle. So. I don't really try to do that stuff anymore. I'll go downstairs and stretch and breathe and contemplate. But the more I tried that stuff, the worse it got. And I eventually just said, okay, like, got it. You know, if thought comes in right now, of something happening outside, cool. Wife comes upstairs and trips and kills the internet connect. Cool. You know, it's, it's. <laughs> I really had to dig deep for that though. That took me a lot of years to untie that knot because, you know, we want to feel better, right? Like we're told that when you get on this path, it's supposed to be this in the moment mystical thing all the time. But I've looked at it as I told this to one of my buddies um about a week ago, you know, who's on it too, getting on it. I said, you know, for me, it's been really, Pulling away so far from the program, just pulling away, you know, yours happened in an instant. We've pushed a little bit, but pulling away so much to where I go, okay, this is where I'm at. Now I need to put the suit back on, put the mind back on, put the clothes on, some ego and jump back in, you know, but I've been out so that's where the big difference is you know it's like that's why i don't really try anything it's like um it you know so anyway once again long-winded <laughs> no, but I, I don't push towards that stuff anymore it's, uh, i mean i have a
1: crazy question but do you think the universe is interactive
2: oh yeah and i think we can describe that in about 15 different ways but you know one of my People have told me this. I don't really care. It My family has told me this a lot, but I'm that type of guy where, like, I'm sitting here looking at the refrigerator and I think of my sister and two seconds later she texts me, you know, that sort of network that's going on in the world, and I don't know. But to answer your question, the answer is yes, and where I found that is in nature, you know, and some of these mountains, and this year I, I did a lot of them, and, you know, some of the higher ones where – you literally are just on top of the moon and you get up there and you go, this place is alive. Like I said, like there is something going on here. Like you're in the middle of nowhere, but something's going on. And I do think it's interactive. If that's what you meant, I don't
1: know. No, absolutely. I was just making the, Kane and I, you know, after this happened to him, uh, we we definitely go down some some rabbit holes and and love to explore this category. Um, but just, just the the way you're saying, observing just down to, you know, trees and plants and how everything works and seed works. And I'm just basically making the point of the interactive ways of, you know, people are either plugged in and, and playing the game with the universe, or if you're asleep, you have no idea. So in the case of just a, you know being awake and you know at my work or what i may project out as as a seed as me like a human and say Cain you know for 20 years of his life being asleep not knowing how the universe really worked he's still manifesting something inside of him you know that person that whatever entity you want to call it that had to to die um basically for him to experience that awareness so we just look at things out and try to apply them to us because, I mean, we seem to be the cream of the crop in this arena. So it seems like a lot of the yeah, that would I, apply I, to trees and plants and fruit would apply to us as well.
2: Oh, yeah, and I think there's two points to that. The first one is if somebody wants to, first of all, people need to realize that waking up is not meant in some It's very easy, right? On social media, I'm awake asleep. These people, you know it. It's available at all times. It's a break in the programming. Anyone hearing this that's miserable waking up is waking up out of that misery. That's all it is. It doesn't need to be any more than that. But if people want that experience and they want it fast, they say, "You know what? I'm miserable. I need fast track. Go in nature. Go climb a mountain." And when you get up there, you're gonna go, what in the world? Like something's going on here. And that that's the quickest way, that's the quickest way to it. And um, you know, really it's like there was another point I was gonna make, I can't remember now because I go off on these tangents, but that's um to me, that's one of the quickest ways to get it done. I mean, it really is. And it's like you were talking about, you know, dying to the old self and all this, and it's that's actually what's going on, you know, and I explained that in one of the articles I wrote when I did, um, you know, a psychedelic is like, you know, you have to do the work leading up to it. But what happens is in many cases is those experience are they are a death experience. And the one I had that I wrote about was that it was it was that. Now, here's the main point. If I hadn't done work leading up to that what would have been fight 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 you know more concepts more. Oh god you know people losing it so you have that lead-ups to these things but that's what it is it's it's a it's a death experience to the programmed individual the personality that came up through this life and thought that x was y good is bad this person's stupid my religion's right and it's a death to that and the other point I was going to make was we're talking about work, right? Like how to apply this stuff. And I've been fortunate because, you know, before this, I'm still even now, you know, I'm a thinker. I like to, but I think from a distance and I look and I, you know, in my jobs, it was a lot of pattern recognition. So I look for patterns and I go, okay, something's off here. Oh, I'm annoyed at my dog today because she barked. Okay. It's not about the dog. What's it really about? Let's look, you know, things like that, but applying these to life. The word that came to mind when you mentioned work was humility. You know, it's like we go to work and we have to play the game. We don't, I don't mean that in some asleep way, but like we've chosen to be in a profession or do what we do and we play the role, but we need to have humility. You know, when we're sitting there and we're saying, you know, I used to do this in the jobs. I know both of you have at some point where you go, Man, I just saw the, I just saw the zero point. I just saw what is and I'm sitting in this job playing this game. And you know, this is all bullshit. Like this is ridiculous, but it started to occur to me that actually, no, it's not. What it is, is we need to have humility to what's going on. You know, I was still working after that experience. I still went into about three jobs after that, that were, you know, high stress or normal type jobs and I can remember being in the mist you know especially the people I worked with you know high testosterone alpha males everyone's got a gun like this is you know this is a a tense environment but I and you wake up and you go it's intense but it's bs like these people are they're torturing themselves but I had a humility where I would like laugh you know I would show up to work and do the job and be like this is all you know this is this is the great game. This is what it is. I'm not trying to change anyone, convert them, be happier at my work, be present. No, this is it. This is the game. This is pretty neat, you know? And when you see that and you're not on it, you know, just trying to obsess over it, it, you know, it it works out. And to me, that's sort of the application we could say of, Waking up or spirituality, whatever you want to call it, is being in it and knowing you're in it. But I think at one point, you know, as both of you have done, you know, you have to be way out, get way out. And then you can jump in and play the work game, take your kids, school, this, that, everyone's annoying. You you can do that. But the difference between awake and asleep would be how far out have you gone? Because I, I have good friends of mine. and I love them to death. But if they wake up in the morning and stub their toe, that whole day is based off that incident. And they don't think that anything else exists. And that's the sad part. That's the asleep. I did that for many years. I'm no saint. And that's what it is. You wake up, oh man, the husband, the wife's pissing me off. Well, they're the problem. And you're projecting and pointing and the whole day's ruined. But then you pull far enough out of that. You go, you almost have to laugh. There's times where I catch myself where there'll be like a reaction to something and I'll just I literally could be in front of my wife in front of a friend and I'll just like I'll just smile ear to ear I'm like I love it this is the game like this is what we're in you know like we have these programs and reactions and it's it's kind of you know it's it's interesting and when you read people like Jed McKenna UG Krishnamurti these people that no one likes they just keep repeating over and over they're like look you're here you have a body you have feelings you have bills you have a house drop the rest of it just 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 drop it you know you're gonna have moments but always be able to come back to center so that was just something that popped in my head you know how to apply these things it's humility and awareness of where you are that that's my opinion on that
0: you know mine was so sudden there's such a contrast and um i'm just coming to terms with the word transmutation but my Good um, word, yeah. my, my experience with it was basically lots of anger and then lots of pride and then those two things get flipped and once they were flipped i was left with patience and humble like a sense of humble that I've never known before but it's kind of created like just a curiosity in me because I'm I never find myself especially with spirituality I I never find myself in a position of like what's right or what I know is right like I, I'm not confident at all with anything that's going on in my head so anytime I'm reaching for something that's right I'm I'm very leery of. I'm very humble. I don't claim anything as right anymore. But it 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 has made me like very curious. We were talking about meditation or other teachers or trying to investigate online, because you see something and then I say to myself, "Well, what happens if I sit down and do the OM mantra for an hour?" Like so, and it doesn't matter what somebody tells me happens. Like I need to experience it. So yeah. I'm just constantly taking this stuff in. So I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm pushing in all these directions, and they're all, and I mean, basically, all of them have something to give. It seems like, but it, I definitely feel way curious and just investigative. I'm also kind of in a very good spot where I'm mingling with nature quite a bit myself, um, and that yeah. is exactly what you say. I mean, that's the that's the sanctuary for sure. That's holy ground. But, um, yeah. I'm always pushing into these areas. I'm always looking and feeling out new stuff and um, the me- meditation journey afterwards has been certainly something it was never before in, in terms yeah. of its ability to quiet the mind.
2: oh well, yeah, and, and you know, when I had that experience in the chair, I did exactly. What you're describing, I mean, I went down every, every path there was, you know, and, and to be fair, and a lot of people wouldn't admit this because, you know, they wrote a book is that book was the sort of ground floor. It was sort of like, okay, like transmutation and all these words. And to be honest, I had some people that I knew that, um, were kind of annoyed at me the way I wrote the book because they're like, look, that you, you're bait. Your, we'll call it reference points are from spirituality, but you don't mention anything spiritual in the book. And I did that on purpose. No, none of the words, none of the stuff. But even now, when I look back, I don't even like the word transmutation anymore because it still is implying all this duality. And, you know, it's my point is, is that those things, you know, your experience, like we've said, has been boom. Okay, let me reconstruct and it'll eventually, you know, come back up. For me, it was boom. Okay. Now I've got to go up the hill. And I went through all that stuff. The Kabbalion. I mentioned that in the book. That was, that was another one that just boom. It was that book and a book called Atman by Kapil Gupta, who's actually an MD that really just slapped me in the face and was like, Oh God, you know, like the, the Atman was more of the no mind sort of teachings where it's like, look, this is the problem. And the way you get rid of this is by removing the fuel. You don't try to get, you know, rid of this, remove fuel. But the transmutation and those things, they are very interesting because what they show you is that there's a choice. And I think on the path, what ultimately led me to waking up was the recognition of there being a choice. So when you said transmutation, that was from the Kabbalion where I was, uh, you know, studying a lot of that and that's what it does. And you're right. It's like, there's rabbit hole after rabbit hole. You know, I met a guy who was a, um, like a native American, um, essentially teacher when I was, we'll say like really in the weeds, like I'm getting slapped by every wave in the ocean, like had the experience. Oh crap. Now what do I do? And, um, you know, he told me, he said, go out. I had a rock on my property. It's crazy. Cause I didn't know it was there. There's huge. Like, boulder on my property it was you know there and i never knew it he said go out there and like create a little scene i laid out you know picture of my mom my wife some stuff from past jobs some stuff from afghanistan you know all these little points right and i just sat there and he said don't do anything he's like i'm gonna be in the background don't do anything and you know i mean we're all like this i'm like what the hell is it like what is this so went out there and I just sat there birds chirping quiet all this and boom like that just tears faces leaking all over the place I mean it was like I got hit I did not know what was going on and it was an intense experience so I'm bringing that up because that's just some random incident you know going down these pathways like you said and looking around and whatever now what I think happens or what I know at least happened in my experience is you're going to go down every spider web, every path and you're still going to end up at the same place, which is drop it all. Just drop it all. You can still live, be in this world, but drop it. There's nothing to find because at the end of the journey, what you find is blank. It's just a blank slate. And you're adding to it. You're interacting. If you want to go off in a cave, and be eaten by bugs like Maharshi or whatever, that's cool. But, you know, there's paths here. There's choices here. And um, I know what you mean by that. I did that for so many years. I mean, I must have a thousand books downstairs with every little magical this and that, hermetics and whatever. So I know what you mean, but I think it all leads to the same point in the end.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So you're saying that searching through any kind of spiritual practice concept it would be the same thing as just living your life in in the moment just with presence and it wouldn't really matter like what which way you drive that vehicle they're both going to lead the same place
2: yeah and I but I do think that we have to go through those, Things, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure every one of us started by reading some books and doing this. And, you know, you had the experience, boom, like that. You're working down, coming up. But it's like, a lot of people have to, you know, yours, maybe it was caused by that anger, right? I know all about anger, had a lot of years of that. And yours was just quick that, you know, two days or whatever. But reading the books, doing the practices, ultimately, you know, it's like fuel to kind of boom. But my theory has more or less been at some point that's got to go. You know, these people that I know that are 61 years old bragging about their practice, 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 and they're this and they're that and they're love and they're light and they're all these magical things. But I'm like, you're not awake, though. So because you're living In this dualistic framework of I have a spiritual side. I have this side. My friend is not spiritual. I am. We have to lift everyone up with light. And it's very dualistic. It's very when it really should just be like Johnny down the street is doing what he's doing. This is doing what it's doing. You guys are doing what you're doing. And there's no problem with that as long as you're not, you know, doing this all the time. So I don't think that they're a waste. I think that um, it can't become a hobby. That might be my point. Is like, so yeah. is it just kind of something you do? Oh, I'm stressed. I need to go me- meditate. Well, I think the question would be, I think the question would be, why are you then stressed? Don't, you know, I'm going to go off on a rant <laughs> here, but this is something I, I do. This is something I do a lot on Twitter is this mindset stuff, right? So, I'm not implying anything is right or wrong. If I do that, it's no different. It let, you know, I, mindset shows choice, right? Hermetic shows choice. Philosophy, psychology, they show that there is a, there is another option besides being like this. Meditation. There's no doubt that meditation works. We all know that it does quiet the mind. The alpha waves, they've, they've literally proven it. But here's the thing that we have to ask ourselves uh, is, okay, I see all these, you know, tough guys and alpha males and everyone's or whatever on Twitter and it's mindset. So it's okay. I'm miserable. Change the mindset. That's force. That's what Hawkins says. There's a difference between power and force. If you're taking a situation that's a garbage heap and you just move it to a better garbage heap, it's still a garbage heap. So we have to go lower. That's what I would say. Spirituality really is and say, okay, why is the garbage heap there? Why is it there? I'm sitting here trying to change everything with meditation and mindset and be positive and, and be loving. Okay, but why? So I think that there's a more foundational structure that needs to be looked at. So I've never been a huge fan and people will reach out to me and they'll send me these long messages. It doesn't happen all the time. And what they're doing is they're just trying to control everything. Well, I switched my mindset. I did meditation 60 hours a day and I did psychedelics and I did all this and they're just forcing it all. And you have to realize at one point I'll I'll just respond and I'll just say, well, why are you doing all that? Why are you, why are you doing that? Have you ever stopped and said, huh, we're doing this? Well, I'm doing it because I'm miserable. Why are you miserable? You know, you have to. You know, you have to go down the rabbit hole a bit. There's a, the author, Jed McKenna. It's actually not his real name. And he gets people hate this guy because they think he's arrogant, and whatever. But, man, his books have some good insights in them. And he has a process called spiritual autolysis. That's what he calls it. It's basically a deconstruction. You take the situation, you write it on paper, and you find what's true. That's all it is. Find what's true in that, not what's real. It's real that my leg hurts or that the dog's barking or whatever, but what's true, right? What's true? So break it down. And that's where, that's the part that people are missing many times on this path is instead of this love, light, uh, awareness, oneness, whatever, being a byproduct of waking up, they think it's on the path to waking up. Well, what i would say is you wake up and you sort of get that stuff you sort of see that stuff but the process to get there is not always the most beautiful one so you know people sometimes comment on my stuff and they'll say well what do i do and it's like ask the question why do you want to do anything you know and that's what really my path has been leading up to now it's just a huge deconstruction like i had a puzzle on the table for 30 something years. I'm 38 now. I had a puzzle on the table, locked tight. I broke it apart. That was the you know waking up. So then I eventually pushed it off the table. It's completely gone. I then clean the table, but then I take the table, light it on fire and throw it in the garbage. You know it's like one guy said he said when you wake up, you've clean you've cleaned the lens. But when you become, so to speak, which is another loaded word, I hate to use it, but when you become enlightened or which literally just means seeing, it's not as special as people think it is, you remove the lens. So my path has always been one of just getting to the core. I'm not here for fun times. I'm not here for pleasure. I'm here to be free, to not suffer, you know, and I was very direct on why this happened for me but here's the other problem and I'll throw myself under the bus because this did happen to me so everything I'm saying is very almost like structural right rip it apart go to the center it's all these pieces but I found myself at one point getting lost in those pieces you know you spin a circle that never ends because you're trying to find the root of everything is that the the journey I guess, I mean, I, what I think we would call it, what they would call it in popular, whatever is like the spiritual ego. Like I've now seen the light or a a philosophical ego and I've seen it, but I'm like trying to make, you know, this is where you get real kind of off the rails, but it's interesting to me. You're essentially what is trying to be better? You're trying to make the personality enlightened. You're trying to make the person enlightened. But that's not what enlightenment is. Enlightenment is none of that is there anymore, but not some sort of magical Jason walks around all day in bliss. But it's knowing that that program, that personality, that I call it the program, is basically not the truth. So at one point, I found myself really just spinning on trying to go through these layers. You know, just I got to find the foundation to every problem. But then I said, wait a second, there's got to be another way up this mountain. And what you start to see in the real deep teachings and the anti-gurus who I keep talking about is they just say, no, 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 no. We're not ignoring it. We're not ignoring these things. We're not just saying, I'm love.' Let's go off to the cave, start an ashram. That's not what we're doing. We're saying, why is this stuff here? Well, it's here because of the program, which means it's not true. Which means I don't need it. It's the path of subtraction, so it's gone. What does it do? This anger towards a family member. I had that for a lot of years. What? And I remember the moment where it switched. It was. It almost reminds me a little bit of yours with the anger, where I was so angry, and I. And this was after having the waking up experience. I was so angry at this wound, but then one day I was like, wait this person in my family is doing the best they can that's a fact that's not some positive stuff we're all here just trying to figure it out right so it's not it may be real that they pissed me off or harmed me in some mental way but it's not true and i had like a blow up in that moment just throw it all out the next day i saw him gone it's never been back since because Instead of me going through, well, when I was seven, my dad and my mom, it was just like, wait, what's true here? That's not true. Every one of us has a story about our parents and all this bullcrap. So what is that? It's a program. So back to you know what you're saying about the ego is like the ego is a tool. It was always meant to be a tool. It was something created for survival when we lived in caves. And now it's more. You know, uh, what would be the word like, uh, you know, more like instagramish, you know, kind of that's how we describe the ego, but really the e- if you want to get real woo woo with it, my belief would be if you didn't have an e- the ego is the connection to the world. You know, we're talking about spirit and blank slate and awareness, okay, but how'd that get to here? How's that connect to here? If you're living in awareness, bliss all the time, there's no point to be here. You know, like there has to be some sort of connection, but you have to know that you're not the connection. I mean, and to me, that's the easiest way to put it is I've had enough experiences personally where I know that I don't have to sit here and say I'm God or I'm oneness or I don't need those words. I just know that the program is the program and it doesn't do much for me. You know, so I don't play in it anymore, really. Yeah, that's um, where we were. That was just my tangent. I'm just the king of tangents. In case you guys haven't noticed that yet,
0: (laughs) that's all good. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's it's so. do, Do you have the ego as one thing? Or do you have the ego as, I mean, you mentioned shadow work already. And like one, another thing that really changed, like, because my, my original assessment was. Like, just like you said, that program just dropped. And so you're just left without it. And when you can spend time without it, it's just revealing another way. And so that was my first um, understanding of it. And then as time moves forward and you get away from that moment, like one of the things that that changed for me in ways that, I mean, I, I can't even really go, I go into them a little bit with Luke every once in a while, um, but like my dreams, my dream life, um, my entire sleep pattern, and then you start to understand like with some of like the more Gnostic views where they always talk about the mini eyes and then i'm starting to like look at i'm like there's there seems to be more on the inside that is still in a state of unawareness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i mean it comes to light like you so you wake up and you come to but it's like what was that thing i was just in that had no clue at all I mean, not that he's, you know, devious or evil or anything. He's just completely unconscious. And then so is that what you mean by shadow work? And that's kind of where I feel like my push is, is I'm trying to figure out how to integrate the entire thing.
2: You know, that is an awesome word, integrate. I've used that word, I think, before all my Twitter stuff changed. I think that was like... Something in my username had that and a point that, so to your point, it's like, if you read a lot of these teachers or the popular stuff, it's very positive. It's, Hey, you know, stay on that scale, right? Like stay in that place. In other words, people will report that they had an experience or they did, let's say psychedelics, which are so popular now, right? All these things. Okay. And then they see it and then boop, they're done. But as I've said before in one of my writings, and I saw this because way back in the day, I went to one of these spiritual conferences. Everyone's spiritual in the conference, and then they get to their car and they're yelling into their cell phone. So the shadow work is saying, and I, you know, like I said, I can't be the adjudication board for waking up, but an author that I follow said something along the lines. And and I know they've said this in the East where it's like waking up is freaking stage one like you'll wake up you're lucky enough to have that boom there it is we've had our experiences so now we know it call it that i call it the blank slate is there right this bull crap that we live in is not accurate okay now we know but you still are on this planet so there's work to be done but the advice because i learned this the hard way the advice that i would give to someone like or kind of to your question is like, let that stuff be there. Like you're going to fit. like you you said, it, it was a good point. You know, there's stuff in me that doesn't feel like it woke up, you know, like it's aware, these layers, these patterns. And to me, it's like, let them be there. Don't try to nuke. That was me. I just wanted to get rid of it all. It was negate everything, right? I, I wanted to be Maharshi, just away doing nothing, right? But it hit me one day where it's like, what is the point of being here? There is no point to be here if there's no interaction here, because he still was teaching in an ashram. He still had to eat. He still took walks with animals. You know, like it's not as mystical as it sounds, but those things in us, those layers, those pieces are part of being here. It's the human experience and what will happen. And I and I already know it'll happen. You know, and and I'm not claiming that anyone on this call is on level 10, 5, 6, or 3. That's not how I mean it. But what will end up happening is you'll wake up one day and you'll say, oh, okay. And all those little layers that feel like they're asleep or they're just these, like, little pieces in you, they won't matter anymore. And then they'll disappear because, you know, it is a good way to say it, like, having it and working down, you know, But I do think the shadow work is, and I actually think there's something called, what is it, integral Zen or something? I I haven't followed it, but somebody told me they're like kind of adding that into these Zen practices now where they're like, all right, you had the experience, you've seen something, now we got to go through some stuff. So I think the shadow work is an important part. And I think a lot of people that tell you, I had one of my teachers told me, and, and this can be. You could take this any way you want, but, you know, I've had he made a comment like if someone tells you that they just woke up in an instant and everything was bliss from that point on with zero shadow work, zero anything, they're lying. So someone like you, you said, hey, you had it, but you're still looking around. You're not claiming some God status. You're like, okay, well, the hell is this? You know, like but there's a lot of people that say, oh, I had it. I'm good. We're done. But then they're yelling at their kid when he spills crap on the carpet. You know, it's like there's there's work that has to be done after the lightning bolt, you know, and that's what I believe. But the problem is you have to do it from a distance. And I was not doing it from a distance in the beginning. I was head first, 60 books piled up everywhere, notes like this mad scientist with pie charts on the wall. And it's like, that's not going to do it either now it led me to here. That's, that's fine. We're all going to do our things, but I just think this human organism is what it is. And some of us are lucky enough to see outside of it. Um, and you see that I keep saying it, but you see it a lot on psychedelics, you know, because psychedelics, if you're doing them correctly, especially in a clinical environment and you have a straight vision of the knot, you know, like trauma, uh, PTSD, whatever it is, this knot, and you're using that as a tool to slice, you still have to do the work after that. It just helps move it along. But what it shows you is that, okay, this mechanism of a human being is supposed to be the way it is, you know, and it's not supposed to be any different. So I think those pieces in us are just very normal. You know, like, yeah, they're going to be there. And then one day you're going to wake up and you're going to go, I haven't thought about those pieces in two years. You know, so
0: did you um, is it possible?
1: Go ahead. Did Luke. you uh, fight in the war in Afghanistan?
2: Yeah, I mean, I went over there and um, our situation was I, I don't have any, you know, crazy war stories like, you know, we went outside the wire. We did our job. We were doing um, random stuff over there, but yeah, I was in the war zone and like you know that being nineteen years old and doing that alone, you know, was enough to start the process. But yeah, so anyway, no, yeah. I mean
1: PTSD is like a real thing for soldiers. I know coming oh, back, yeah. they don't always yep. get the best you know advice uh, from the from the right people. So I mean, that's it's. I know people that have done. The kind of work to to get them the best help to unravel that, and you know sometimes they come yeah. back and they go to the yes. doctor and they get a pill or whatever. <laughs> it's it doesn't...
2: well, there's a lot of options. Yeah. You know, I wrote about that with uh, ketamine therapy, where there's a lot of options now where they're showing, you know, microdoses psychedelics, where these things are actually working, okay. like you know MDMA therapy, yeah. where it takes people outside. So they can, because really what something like MDMA is doing is it's giving the person a space to look. So the spiritual work is looking, it's observation. This is just fast tracking either. there. But the thing is, um, if you're not doing the work leading up to that, there's something to be said about, you know, what you're going to get from it. Right. You know, so, um, I definitely dealt with, you know, issues coming back from over there and anger. And the thing happened, you know, to my mom while I was there. So it was a double whammy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are options. But really, at the time, I wasn't aware enough of that anger to really do much about it. You know, it's like, hey, it's there. I'm, okay. It's okay to be angry. I'm going to ruin everything around me. But as time went on, it was like, okay, well... You know, let me start looking at this. The funny thing is with me, um, you know, is I worked backwards in that regard. So I had never done a drug, never smoked weed, the booze, all that. I had security clearances. So my whole life, I never had did nothing. I was mid thirties, you know, before I did anything or whatever. And, um, so I was able to sort of build that framework and be like, okay, here's the foundation. Here's the thing. Okay. Well, Like I keep saying, we're human, we're in the body, the brain, you know, does grooves, right? If you're negative every day, you build a deeper groove. So these tools put a new layer on top so you can build a new groove. So, you know, I'm not against doing anything as long as somebody does the work leading up because they'll get more from it. But you're right, I mean, there are we are in a day and age where if you wanna wake up and you're serious, and you want to feel better, even if you don't really care about this stuff, you just want to be happier. You want to be free. You want to drop that trauma. There are plenty of ways to do it that aren't masking anything. They're cracking it open.
1: You know? So when I was younger, um, you talked about the mind wandering. When I was younger, I had to meditate because I didn't know how to separate. Um, and the reason why I do everything to keep myself in the moment now is because if my mind wanders, it's usually, it's usually rooted in like, you know, one of the sins like lust for a man or uh, resentment, you know, a lot of the pain and anxiety that I had was because my mind was either, you know, in the past resenting someone or, you know, thinking about something, that I didn't have that I wanted in the future, you know, created that pain and anxiety. Now, how do you manage that? Because you said, you know, you don't do anything to practice. Like if your mind, does your work, you just are aware, Oh, I'm in thought and you just come back to your center or do you notice when it's a resentment, thought, a happy well, thought?
2: I mean, everything you mentioned, we all feel, You know, and I felt that many times I was the king of, you know, the jobs didn't help, you know, worrying about the future, right? Something bad's going to happen being in the past too. And really it's like when you were saying those things and you were mentioning where your mind would wander, the first thing in my head was like, yep, that's it. Like, well, that's how we are as humans and that has helped. And that's really what that is, is another form of acceptance. You know, where it's like if I had those thoughts in my head right now, I would go, oh, yeah, like I'm a guy. I'm on this planet. Um, I've got some stuff. And it, it's sort of like um, I explained it once in either my book or my writings where if I had those thoughts, which I have, you know, do. I? It's like I put a flashlight on them. I'm kind of like, oh, there it is. And like, yep, I'm a human on this planet. And it just seems like they just kind of like, eh. It's like they're looking for my attention. I'm not fueling it because I figure, why wouldn't they be there? Like, it's part of life. And then they just kind of go, eh, he's not taking the bait. And it's like, they go away. I, you know, I, I'm i a firm believer in removing the fuel. And by removing the fuel, it's just not obsessing. If I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting a feeling of – um you know resentment or i had a lot of guilt for a lot of years i go oh yeah there's that feeling like I, I see you i've known you for years and you're there and like i guess you'll kind of be around for a while and it's like all right and like maybe i go back to what i'm doing and i think what happens is humans is we we go like this you know we kind of, oh god like i don't i'm i'm spiritual i shouldn't be feeling that and the second you do that you're just feeling it even more so it, it's more of a you know, I try to be very practical because, like, what the teachers will say is, oh, the mind's not real, the ego's not real, it's all fake, the body's not real, And it, so, so who cares, you know, and I've read those books where the guy will be like, well, you know, I have a bad thought, but I'm not the mind, so who cares, and then he just goes, but you're kind of ignoring it, right, so what I do is I just look and I go, oh yeah, I'm feeling You, re- that. you really yep, have got read it. a lot
1: of books and some outlandish books,
2: for sure. Oh, I've read, I've read probably at this point, I don't know, oh. a thousand or plus. I, I've read every single side you can read. I mean, that was my, that was what I did for years, you know, as I was looking at all the angles. But where I ended up coming back to was the guys that are saying, Hey, like, you know, there's not really, you're doing too much. You know, you're, you're fueling this stuff by, by paying attention to it. But then I wanted to take it a level deeper and say, well, I don't want to repress it. You know, I don't want to ignore it. And I think a lot of these gurus, that's what they're doing. You know, they're sitting back. People are feeding them. They've got a million people that work for them, especially the popular ones nowadays, so they can be enlightened all the time. But it's like, well, if we dropped you in the middle of New York City without any support, how would you be there? So my path has been more of I guess in some ways kind of like an indirect acceptance like I don't expect things to be much different you know uh, G- the J. Krishnamurti not UG someone said you're an enlightened man you have it all why how what tell us and he said you know what the secret is and he said I don't mind what happens that was it that was his whole response. But this was a guy that was involved with life, you know? So I think to answer your question, it's don't fight it. Don't think it's supposed to be anything different than it is because every thought you've had, we've all had and we continue to have. It's just some people are in them, hooked to them, and some people are not.
1: Do you, know? you um, I've talked about this with Kane, and as far as like what you call gurus or in the guys that you really like too, but I've never, after awakening, I've never listened to them intellectually. It's all vibrational as far as what they say hits the heart. And I might turn on Audible, say Osho, for example, and listen to, you know, a book on the way to work. And, you know, I might not hear 10 sentences, but the 11th sentence, I'm like, wow, that, that hit me right in my heart. So there's nothing intellectual. About the whole process. It's just rather comforting, I guess, because if you turn on yeah, anything else on the radio, yeah. they're just going to be having a conversation about yeah. small talk. And anyone, you know, is awake and small talk is kind of, it's not the funnest thing to do. Like even turn it on, yeah. it's just, there's no substance there. So I get comfort from that, but I'm not trying to learn anything does that make sense i mean i'm just i'm I'm letting it hit the heart and i'm like wow that was cool that i just got the little tidbit before i got to my first stop today
2: yeah and i heard um someone mention they said you know they and i feel the same way we're like i'm looking and i'm watching but it's more of like a refinement you know and it's funny you mentioned um um, you know, listening and things hitting. I was uh, something I listened to on YouTube today. I was driving back from this mountain. And like you said, I just remember thinking like, well, don't really want to listen to music anymore. This guy has good points. You know, it hits a point where there's nothing really new to hear. There's just like kind of scalpels to it, it whatever. But I remember just kind of looking off, looking at the, you know, it's so beautiful up there. And then um he said one thing and I was like, oh, man, you know, and I kind of made a mental note like that's a good way to put it. I find myself studying now more as a way to better relay the information, because sometimes I, I I can always tell, like when I'll do certain tweets or certain writings. And when I go down the rabbit hole and start talking, it's like nothing. But then I'll refine a few words. It's like, oh, someone sent me a They're getting, you know, you you can't dumb down so to speak what you're trying to put out but to me it's more of a refinement and it's like you said what am i going to listen to like entertainment weekly like i mean you know it's more like why not have it on these people are everyone's searching for the same thing (laughs) they just know it or they don't know it so yeah I, i get it i get it
0: you just reminded me because um Russell Brand and Eckhart Tolle just kind of went viral again. Like a little clip from um the interview was actually a little while ago. But uh it just reminded me because Eckhart is talking to him and he says, I just find myself as a midwife for consciousness. That's how Eckhart Tolle was talking about himself. I was like, wow, he nailed that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that you know, I ask myself probably god once a week like okay you know i sort of loop back around and i go all right i put a lot of time in some cases money into this message you know once again why like you know and i don't i don't rabbit hole it anymore i just i i let it sit there and i go okay well like that thought's popping up cool all right like why and what i find is and i think It's, you know, what he was saying. He's obviously like on a whole other level, but you know, you know, popularity and they, they kind of, they kind of turn those guys into machines in a sense, you know, but, um, for me, I don't really know how it happened or why it happened. And I just do it because I think it needs to be done. But one of my, we'll call it motivations have been. You know, when I came up through this, I was consuming a lot of information. So I I always had this little thing in the back of my head that was like, you know, if I finally get to a place of peace or just, you know, just the rock bottom, at least. Right. I'm not looking for perfect bliss, but just the rock bottom of it all. I want to give something back, you know. And one of the things I do think I'm good at is putting it into the words where people can use it because I'm not using these magic, you know, hey, you're bliss. You're not this. Don't worry about it. It's like, well, people want something that can be, as you said, integrated into life. And it's hard because the farther you go down, you start to realize that there's not really a lot to do. There's a to do to lead up to it. But I mean. The Buddha said something like that, like enlightenment was the most like uneventful thing on the planet, you know, and and really it's like you just sit here one day and it's like another, you know, I keep mentioning these people, but uh, another guy told me once early on, he's, he's like, he's like, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're reading, you're studying, you're writing, but you know, you're, you're further, right? Your outlook is further, further. You're trying to find something. And then he's like, but eventually one day you'll wake up and say enough, like the brain, the mind will just spin into a pile and just go enough. Like there's nothing to find here. It's the, what you find. Is that nothing? It's just being like, well, this is what it is, you know? And I, I think that, um, I think we're all probably midwives to that, you know, to try and give back to the people as much as we can. I mean, who doesn't want someone to not be stuck in the hamster wheel, you know?
1: Very true. What do you think? uh, We talk about spirituality and gurus and anti-gurus. And one of the subjects I love to talk about as far as how, 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 blind some people I believe are is the current state of like religion and all the different religions, as far as, you know, even Christianity. Um, I mean, we've seen Scientology being born in our lifetime and we've seen how that whole process works out. Um, in the spirituality world, I think at least trying to get to no matter if they're anti guru or guru, seems as though they're trying to find who am i at at the end yeah. of the day but religion what's your i'm sure you have some words to say on religion
2: i think the fact that you know one of my things that came up when i was younger and trying to put this all together what's the difference say between the two is the fact that every single religion thinks they're right proves they're all wrong i mean i've actually that's said it right that before
1: I've actually said. That before.
2: Yeah. 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 And, you know, maybe my path was sort of more of the, you know, intellectual in the beginning in the sense of just these P you know, like I didn't just say, well, religions are stupid because God is awareness. I was like, no, let me look at this. Okay. So every one of them is claiming something. They're all killing each other over at 24 seven stuff in the news, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, what would be the word like drama in the churches and all this. So you just know right there that it's like, Oh, okay. So that enough of that. And then with spirituality, you know, it's what, you know, it's that finger pointing to the moon, you know, where it's like everyone, what I would say if there was, so modern spirituality has turned into a pain pill. All you have to do is look around. Read my book. You'll be great. Whatever. When I went to that one conference, the guy was like, "Hey, pay four thousand dollars a person. Come to my house, and we'll have a thing. And you'll probably wake up or be enlightened." It's like, okay, um, people are looking for relief, and that has essentially hurt a lot of. I think the spiritual thing, where it's all about this, like getting. But you're right. The theory of all of them, all the, all the ways is all coming back to the same thing which is you know freedom it's just freedom from so in my opinion it's not perfection it's freedom from the program and you know it's freedom from the personality it's you know i don't think the ego is the enemy i did read the book but i don't think that it's necessarily the enemy i think that it's just another piece of the pie you know so um, it's like everyone is out here trying to untie the knot using all these methods, you know, the mindsets, the spiritual path. Oh, I'm on the path of whatever. I do vipassana, blah blah blah, and all these things. And it's like, hey, that's great, but that's not actually the the you know. Don't confuse the forest for the tre- or the trees for the forest. You know what I mean? So, but you're right. Comparing both. Maybe religions were started as kind of the same thing. Some could argue they were. I did, back to me reading again, I did read this huge book back in the day about sort of the origins of it. And maybe they started off well, but, you know, now it's become what? Business and businesses, bureaucrats, politics and all this spirituality is slowly going into that. That's why you're seeing a little bit of a resurgence. It's like even Osho, like everybody hated that dude, but he has some good insights. That dude was definitely plugged in. Was he on drugs doing all this stuff with women? Eh, Maybe, probably, but he still had, he saw something that a lot of people don't see, you know? So we're getting back to this place where it's like, well, everything that's gone on in the last few years I feel like the asleep are getting more sleep, but the awake are getting more awake. You know, there's a big chasm, but everybody's looking for this um, this pain relief. And that's what ruins, I think. That So my point in this one is, I think what ruins religions and spirituality, essentially people looking for relief, which is sad because we're all human and we want it. But the relief isn't going to wake you up. Like, you know, the the happiness and all the positivity, it's like, that's not going to do it. You have to be one pointed in what you're trying to get here, you know, and I think for the serious people on it, it's kind of like freedom or bust. You know, I knew that I was either going to end up some drunk in a ditch or on drugs or whatever from what happened to me, or I was going to wake up. So it was, you know, there was no other options. I didn't choose it. You know, I didn't wake up one day and say, man, that's really cool that this guy OSHA, like, I didn't know anything about it. So you get picked for these things, like your experience, you know, and then what are you going to do with it? So.
1: Yeah, I had the question asked back to me, if I, in my younger days, my biggest contrast was, I thought, I, I can't believe how backwards it is, because I, I, I found like, how to release the anxiety and the pain and i knew i didn't get it from a religion and then one of my biggest realizations was my god the blind leading the blind is like one of the biggest issues oh, yeah. ever that i've ever seen and i was a little bit more aggressive probably towards religious people in my younger days because I, I and i welcomed like honest debates with them but the question you know if we were sitting talking just face to face right now. The question that would always come back to me was, well, what makes you right, Luke? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not trying to be right. They're trying to make their case for what is your rightness. And then the, the way you said it is the way I've always said it is like the moment you think that you're right, like it makes everything it makes your whole stance wrong. wrong because you uh, that's it's all yeah. based in like yeah. an ego structure on something you've learned. So once you've once you've drug, dug your stake in the ground, now there is no growth. We're just going back and forth. And normally the conversation ends there because I understand right when they asked me that, I was like, man, we're not even gonna be able to talk anymore because you want me to prove my rightness, no. and I'm not gonna prove a right like this. It's not what it's which is not Jesus well, was here. Like Jesus was his whole thing was like telling parables to try to wake people up. That's that's what his life was. So if oh, they yeah. actually knew the guy, the guy was like if you read what he said, it was all like these parables like trying to people oh, yeah. to oh, yeah. wake up. That's all he ever tried to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you read the, uh, gospel of Thomas and the Nag Hammadi text. So the stuff that was taken out of the Bible, you know, they, some kid found it in a cave on the beach or whatever. And it's, it's no diff, it's another flavor of the Buddha. You know, it's like, it's just talking in a way that's like, Hey, you know, um, wake up, you know, it's, it's in here that's going to get you. It's not all this stuff out here. And you know, the thing is with just religious as an example and people do it with a million things. It's not just that it's, it's based in fear. So it's based in belief and faith. But what about knowing, you know, it's like this stuff that I talk about, I don't do it because of a book. I do it because I experienced it. That's it. I'm in it every day. I'm on the field playing. It's not, well, I'm afraid of what happens when I die. So let me believe in God as an insurance policy. And I did that when I was a kid where I would pray at night and I would start questioning it. And I would go, well, why am I praying? And I remember thinking, well, just in case these God people are right, and there's a heaven and a hell, I need to like, you know, start getting ahead of this right now. And I would just pray. I remember thinking like, well, it's better than not praying in case it's true. And you know, that's, that's fear. Yeah, that's fear, and that's what it is. And and there's people in my family that are like that, oh, with the God stuff and all this. And it's like, you know, to be fair, you know, they're looking for what we have been looking for or found. They just don't know what it is. And it's up, well, you know, the church said that I can pay 600 I had this happen with a family member. He paid money to the church, which – took it off the record that he ever had a divorce or was married or something along those lines. And it's like, you know, this is fear. This is all, you know, most people will tell you that everything's rooted in the fear of death. I mean, that that's really it, you know, and even people that have had these experiences and there's documentations of it now, like, you know, like there's something going on the, you know, something's watching when the brain is dead. Like there's a lot of data out there for that now, but at the end of the day, You could argue some of us have experienced what we'll say that time consists of, you know, maybe after death, so to speak. But none of us really know. That's like what Saltzman says. That dude is totally awake. But he's like, he's like talking to these people with these experiences. He's like, how do you know that? You know, you don't really know it because nobody comes back. If you come back, you are not fully there. You know, some will say that's wrong. And i'm 50 50 on the fence with that but the point is is it's like if you said to a guy that had that was clinically dead for 20 minutes on the on the bed he's dead he had an experience that guy's not and then you'll read about this too another thing i read about where they loot, they have a lot better life after that because they're not so afraid so here's the thing you think that guy is basing his non fearness, his awakeness off of faith and belief? No, he was there. He was in it, man. He was on that field playing dead, doorknob, nothing. So he doesn't need faith. He doesn't need belief. So these, you know, people that hang to these constructs, whether it's religion or spirituality or I'm a mindset creator, and you know somebody who's like pretty big on Instagram. And I, I I don't ever say these people these people's names. I've had about three of them reach out to me that were pretty they're pretty big, and they're they're skirting around the bush trying to like ask for advice or whatever. But they're hung on this. You know, I am strong. I am powerful mindset, belief, 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 all this. They're just shoving it in there, but it's not quite working. And you try to tell them that you're going to have to drop all of that to get anything. And it, you know, it's the same with religion. It doesn't, how how does someone see that? They can't see it. You're going to have to drop everything to get everything. How do you, how do you, how do they do that? You know, so religion is kind of a foundation for, for, for that, you know, a lot of people are scared, so it's something to cling on to, you
1: know, the collective ego that supports the, all the mini ego constructs. I mean, it's pretty it,
2: Yeah. The program it
1: supports the supports that for sure. I mean, if it comes down, it's like politicians voting on, you know, term limits, <laughs> like the preacher has to fire himself, <laughs> but that means he has. Oh, yeah that I means love it. he's not going to uh, get a paycheck anymore, so uh, you, you don't see that as happening, although I do i I think I have a couple instances where some preachers had their moments and they just walked out the door and 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 understood you know in a few seconds what was going on and kind of woke up to that, but not many, not many for sure,
2: yeah. Yeah, there was um, something floating around on Twitter the other day where some he pulled from some, I don't know if it was real or not, but he said a lot of these uh, CEOs in Silicon Valley, when they do psychedelics, they quit their job and they never hear from them. Again. <laughs> so some people, you know, get that little boost and they go, "Oh man, you know, something's something's off here." But I know people that have done them twenty times and nothing has changed. So, you know. It, some people are sort of picked and some aren't. And, you know, it's, it's like I keep saying, it's not the most beautiful thing. I don't know if I would necessarily wish, you know, this process on a lot of people, you know, it was painful for me for a lot of years going through that deconstructive, you know, like I said, eventually you got to set the table on fire and throw it out with everything on it. But, um, you know, it's not easy. So like the priest that gets it and walks out, it's like, that's probably it for him. Like there's no way to get off at that point, you know? Exactly. So,
0: You said when you started there that some people, you know, multiple times with the psychedelics and nothing changes. Do you think that the ego can actually expand in that consciousness and that's the problem?
2: I think that, um, I think if people don't know anything else besides that, besides the ego, they're going to come out of it with possibly a bigger one because now they're an ego that's enlightened, you know? So it's, it's just taking one thing and moving it for another. I mean, one of the experiences I had, I remember sitting there and physically, like a a hand was in my brain, feeling the ego fight back. Like literally, I don't ever mention the ego on my stuff, but I felt it like z- just doing everything it could to get in charge. Like it knew it was it was done. Like it was gonna lose that battle. Like you're hooked up to an IV. like that thing ain't gonna win. But I had enough of the I had this con a long conversation about this with a friend. But I had this um I knew I had an idea of what was going to happen. So I literally sat back in that, you know, the I and the me, right? The me is the ego, the eyes, the awareness, you know, the electricity going to the light bulb, so to speak. And I remember just kind of being an observation, like, okay, like, let it, let it do what it's going to do, but physically fighting to say, like, claim this experience as itself, you know, that default mode network that they talk about. When you had your experience if they were to say you know in a scientific way they would say your default mode network got shut off it got shut off and you saw what is with a capital i without that sucker running you know the program so i think if people have one that's strong enough they kind of claim the experience and they come out of it like well now i've got the ancient wisdom I know what you don't know. And then they become a teacher and get millions of followers, most of them. But, you know, it's I think that you have to go into it with some sort of idea that like you're not going to win that battle, especially if you're doing it in a clinical environment where they kind of dose high and work down (laughs) instead of the opposite way. You're not winning that war. So if you push against it. You're going to come out a lot worse than you did. I never pushed against it. Go ahead. Show me. I wrote this, like I said today, it was show me the things, you know, and what I put in there, I'll just touch on it real quick. People can read it is when it was starting to come on the the psychedelic, I saw a box like this in my vision and it drew like this and I'm like, okay. I kind of knew what was coming. And then all of a sudden, my mom's picture right in the middle of the box. And I saw that. And I saw a horse in a field, like, and um, like a nice backdrop, like in the mountains. We have wild horses out here. And I saw a dude in a foxhole, um, like about to jump out. These were the three things that I saw. And then all of a sudden, mom's picture goes away, representing that she was killed. The guy jumps out of the foxhole and then the horse is on the ground being picked apart by birds. And I said, there was no pain in it. You know, that's a good thing about ketamine is it's very, it, it, you know, it's soothing. It's, you're, you're looking, but it's hard to look. And I asked to whatever was there at the time. I just said, well, what's the point then? And it said, and what I heard back was, um, You all look at everything wrong. And then I immediately saw the horse in the backdrop, beautiful with like, uh, like a baby. And then I saw the dude in the foxhole with his family. And then I saw my mom from her birth up to me, my birth all the way through. And it was just pure, like what some would describe love, right? Like just this was like the good, right? And he said, and it, and I heard something more like you know there's always two sides to everything or something but the point it was showing me and I'm bringing this up is um I had completely let go completely just do whatever you know you know it's it's extremely hard to see that stuff in that state especially when your mom was killed and I had just let it go and I saw it all and got the message you know but I didn't come I came out of that like a bowl of ice cream. I was crying. I was hunched over. It went on for like a day. It had totally taken the knot and just cut it in half right there. But here's the point of this. What would have happened if I fought against that? What would have happened if the ego was quote unquote in charge during that time? It would have been bad. And I think that's why you hear these people that have these, you know, mental breaks when they do it. And I can remember feeling like, in my chest when it was happening like dude if if I don't let go of this I don't know if I'll make it back and I just and that's when the information came in so I do think people can go in and come out worse you know whether it's ego or mental or whatever but the key is what those things is and they tell you the doctor you know I met with this doctor multiple times and he said the key is you have to let go (laughs) because when you go through the stages, the first stage is a BDNF stage where it's literally rewiring the "quote unquote" issues in your brain. That's literally what it's doing. But then you disocate, they call it, where you're outside of the body, so to speak. And if you don't let go there, it's going to be a bad day. So,
1: yeah. how long ago was this?
0: Um, it
2: was. Well, was it earlier in the year at this point? I don't remember exactly. It was sort of, for me, the choice was, I felt at the time, this is another thing that people don't, the highly supposedly spiritual don't like to hear, is I felt, and I was explaining this to myself, you know, I felt that, okay, I had done the work. It had led up to, we'll say, knowing, you know, kind of like there isn't much more for me to really intellectually consume, because as we all know, you read one book, you've read a lot of them, you know, it circles back around. But what I had noticed is that the body, and I don't mean that in a cool way, like all the gurus say, the body, but like, I felt like it hadn't caught up. And because of training and because of experience, I was able, I was still getting those reactions. There was anger, there was fear, there was things that I knew were there because it just essentially was a habit. Like they had been there for so long. It was trained into us so much in these jobs. Um, so I would, I would sit there sometimes, like in my chair you know it wasn't meditation but you could call it that and i would just look forward kind of look at a point on the wall and i just i don't try to do anything i would just observe like all right there's that thought there's that anger there's that and i just remember thinking like this system that i'm in just has not caught up to what i'm doing here like it's been too many years of those grooves Mm -hmm. so i started doing research And I was like, okay, so I'm not doing anything if it's pain relief. I don't want pain relief. I don't want any relief. I want truth. I want rock bottom. I want foundation. I want freedom. I don't, you know, I'm not, uh, I I don't want to just feel better. So I started looking into a deeper, long story short, and you start to see that, okay, so I looked at it. I tried to look at it like a scientist, like, all right, or an engineer, like, okay, well, These things are making neurological changes in the brain. They've admitted that now they can't hold it in anymore. It's physically changing things in your brain. So in my head, I thought, if I've done all this work leading up to this, I've had these experiences, I've read all the books, whatever. And then I throw in something like that that takes this vessel I live in right here, right now and tweaks it to start over. That to me sounds like. that's, you know, that's the philosopher's stone right there. The key is you have to have it leading up. You know, I did a lot of years and a lot of work. I stared at a lot of shit in my closet that I didn't want to look at. You know, a lot of demons, right, from the past. So at that point, I was sort of at a stage where it was like, well, I can meditate for 40 years (laughs) and hope that the grooves change and that the pathways light up because it does do that, right? It just takes a while. Or I could try to do this and have an experience clinical environment, doctors, nurses hooked up. This is not some bullshit in the basement with my bros. Like this is, you know, this is a real thing. And that's what I did. So Were you
1: awake laying down?
2: Um, it was, um, so what they do, and like I said, for people listening, if they want to check this out, I, I have a whole series on this now that I'm doing, but basically they bring you into a room it's a whole vibe Mm -hmm. right the music it's 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 expensive so like you're you're getting what you pay for and um they put you in like a nice like leather chair um they bring the thing over hook you to the IV. you put an eye shade on noise canceling headphones with like binaural beats and within 90 seconds, because it's an IV, you're like, what in the world is going on? here?" I mean, it's, I described it in my newsletter, like, it's like coming out of the desert, the first drink of water with ice cream. And I mean, it's just unbelievable to come up because BDNF, you know, brain derived nootropic factor is actually, you know, it's doing stuff. And that's why you feel like that. So um, that's, yeah, that's basically it. They hook you up to that. It goes for about 45 minutes. My first experience was a death experience. It sounds cool nowadays because that's what everybody says, but that's a hundred percent what it was. Um, it was a going out, going out. Okay. Why is this still happening? What's going to happen if I don't come back? What's going to happen to my fan? It's the ego, the mind, the program, just fighting against it. in your life. like, You know shooting out of orbit and then you hit sort of a choice point yeah you hit a point where it's like okay i'm gonna let go or i'm not luckily i did but you know like i said i kind of knew this was coming um and i let go and when i did it was sort of like floating around like the medicine was looking for like the things that it would have to work on next and then as I just wrote about today, round two was the one with the box where it just, I came out of that um, and the doctor called me and I was like, you know, I had been holding that crap in for so many years. And even on the path, it was so deeply embedded that I didn't know it half the time, but it was coming out. And he was like, you know, and I hate to say it, but they're also trying to sell you more treatment, mm-hmm. right? And I told him, I said, I said, I don't know how you could have an experience like that and ever be the same. And he told me, he was like, well, most people, he's like, you really, you know, did the work and you read up on it. Like he he knew I had paved that way for a lot of years, whether I knew it or not. He's like, most people need, you know, a bunch more. And I'm like, I do not need 50 of these freaking things after that. Like that was What what more? And then funny thing is, after number two, I did do number three. Funniest thing is, is when it started happening, they hooked me up, it starts happening. I immediately saw like a kaleidoscope and it was with a bunch of training that I've done throughout my jobs, which, you know, it's kind of corny. It sounds kind of cool, but a lot of that training is designed for one thing, right? To kill someone. (laughs) That's what most of that stuff, whether they're saying it or not, that's what it is. And I saw that and it kind of hit me and I heard a voice and it was like, Hey, like, do you want, it was the, it wasn't necessarily a voice. It's like a feeling like, do you want to go over this? And I responded back if that's how you want to describe it with, well, I think we kind of like did this last time, right? Like we went through it and I heard, okay. And it just off the screen like that. And I saw what looked like rock coming out of the ground, forming a mountain. And I was like climbing it without touching it. And I was getting this feeling of like, I'm watching like the world being created. Like, you know, it was that message of like, nature is where this all comes from. And then it was like, click out of the body and you're just floating around, just like, just kind of looking around and okay. It literally feels like you're in space with stars, but you feel the body healing. Because now it's funny because I, I've said this before, but your face relaxes so much and your body relaxes so much. You don't realize how much tension you hold that the headphones will sometimes fall off your face because you just go like you're you, the body's healing, man. The body's like, all right, we got 40 minutes. Like we got to start doing something here. Plus it's highly anti-inflammatory. They told me and all this. So Anyway, you know, that was um, really the meat of that experience. But I know that if I did that crap, like if I had that experience in the chair and then went to psychedelics, no. Like it, it, you've got to have some sort of framework or you're going to be like some of the dudes I know that do them every month. And it's like, well, are, is it just like the field? Like, is it just a neat experience? Like, you know, uh, so anyway, so there's the answer to that one.
0: Did you ever hear Joe Rogan talk about
2: his DMT experience? Probably. <laughs> I've never done DMT, but yeah.
0: He's talking about like the jesters who are giving oh, yeah. him a hard time and they're like flicking him off and you know, F you, F you, and as he goes by. But it's funny because I listened to that story, um, you know, it was a long time ago, but I can hear that story replay in my head and I'm thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, like, did that realm understand that the ego? came in and they're almost like rejecting him. And then if you listen to him talk about it, he's very aware of it. He's very humbled by it. He's like, well, apparently the message was I was taking myself too seriously.
2: Yeah. But it it looks like
0: the ego is expanding into that place when you hear people talk about it. Like, obviously, I don't know, but I'm just I think what I'm doing is. Affirming what you're trying to say, it looks like that, like the ego can expand in its own consciousness. But then, if you think about what that would do, you would bring that ego back to the real world. And now you would be claiming this whole thing as it's you. Yeah. And yeah, that would be a, a problem. Point.
2: Yeah. And I, I don't know so much if those things are necessarily ego. I almost feel like it's, um, I mean, it's wordplay, right? You know, I, I don't know what the word would be, but I never had that experience, but it's more of like something is trying to tell you something and, you know, and maybe it is ego. Maybe it's that I almost, you know, I was getting the vibe in it and even, and I know which interview you're talking about now, because I remember him saying that where it's almost like the ego goes away. But now it's like sort of all on the playing field. It's like maybe you could say that the I, right, has separated from that me and is going like this, like, oh, excuse me, like, oh, there it is. So I don't know if it's necessarily impermanating the space, but but the, to your point, if he didn't have that humble, you know, if he wasn't humble and d- didn't think that there was a, you know, lesson there. You're right. What happens then? Oh, you come out with a little something maybe you didn't want to come out with. I think that's what you're what you're kind of like contemplating there. Right. But I think most people, if they, you know, sort of go into it one pointed, kind of like wanting something without wanting it, if that makes sense and fully letting go there you go because on the drive to my second dose I was not that happy I was I had a pain in my chest I, I felt this grief after the first one like this black hole but eventually I was like well the fact that I can observe that black hole means that it's not you know as the teachers would say me so let it go and on the drive there I still remember where I was I was like well You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, within 90 seconds, every little piece of trauma gets boom like that in 10 minutes. And but here's the key point, you know, to psychedelics is like, I still had to look at it, (laughs) you know, like there's no there's no magic pill. Take five MEO, meet God and all this stuff. But at some point, like the gestures or whatever, you're going to have to look at it. And if you fight, you know,
0: it may not turn out so well. So, yeah, in in my own personal experience, um, I got choked out in like seventh grade, and uh, ended up having some kind of psychedelic experience where I'm just off in another body. I mean, nothing makes sense there. But the the important part, looking back, especially in my new state, what I can remember clearly is how quickly everything comes back online. So you come to in like complete blackness and then there's a voice and the voice is like, what just happened? Hey, are we okay? And it starts piecing things together. Like, Oh wait, I'm pretty sure I'm a human. I'm I'm a human. I might actually be in the road. Like make sure you move as you're a human. You're, and it's, it's coming online and it's talking to you like before you can even grasp what's going on like that's how like yeah. who is it talking to and then when i look back on it now i'm like wow the ego was faster than me the ego yeah, is coming they, on faster than me and now that's why i always ask the ego with these because there's that sense of of, of it being there, like an, on um, like such a deep level. And then you hear like with the Rogan story and stuff, it's just interesting. Like what parts of consciousness could be expanding out in ways that we don't understand.
2: Well, and the, you know, the question to that is, you know, you're saying, um, this is a lot of the Maharshi stuff where you're saying it came online faster than me, but the real question is what noticed all that? Yeah. And that's what awareness is. That's what the thing. So it wasn't that anything was coming back online. It was just being noticed, you know, it was
0: active before you are right.
2: Yeah. And I know what you mean, because one of those ones I did, I remember physically seeing or if you want to call it physical, where it was like, all right, blank, nothing, call it no mind, blank slate. And then it was like, all right, I need to get gas. All right, man, my leg hurt. Like you're actually looking at it like, holy crap, like you said, just coming back online. But what a lot of these teachers are saying is um, you know, what is that? Ask that question. What is always seems to be there, even when you're choked out, even when you're hooked up to an IV and on the moon, what seems to always be there that's noticing that? And that's what all these guys have been saying. You are that, right? I am yeah. that, the I am. But what we have to do is bring that back down to the earth, no matter if they like to or not, where it's like, well, you're not going to live in the choked out or the psychedelic or the what, like you're not going to live in that all the time or you couldn't live here. Can you take care of your kids and get them to school and feed them and provide if you're in that state? You know, so we have to be, for me, it's been more or less knowing that, like uh, knowing, you know, they say that the direct path, is basically saying, okay, here's this, what I live in. But if I just go like this and look back at what's looking, there's really, it just stops right there. And then you go, okay, good. And get back. It's like just kind of knowing that like the me is adding, but there's something there that's not adding and not enough, which is kind of like the who am I from, um, Ramana Maharshi has been, um, you know, it's just another version of that, right? So that's always helped me is just being more like what there is. It is back there. It is watching. Okay. Cool. I'm that. Okay. Got it. Like literally the electricity to the light bulb, the light bulb goes out. The electricity isn't gone, you know? So my AirPod, they're saying they're about to go dead. But. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. We did. We did a
2: good long one there.
0: Jason, man. Yeah. That's great talking to you.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. This is a good one. I like podcasts like this where it's not so scripted. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's oh, nothing yeah.
1: scripted about our podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
2: Good, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, I love the book. I love talking to you. You've got that whole Moses look going on. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> or
2: Moses, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. This was a good one. I'll talk yeah, to you Yeah, we'll send it next. to
1: you on Twitter. Um, So you can. All right, cool. Appreciate it, Jason. Have a good night.
2: All right, see ya.